When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Namaste Motherfuckers and it's our second annual Callie's Christmas Cracker Special with our favourite jokes as told by our brilliant guests over this past year. But before we get into them, here's some Christmas trivia for you. Christmas decorating sends almost 15,000 people to A&E each year. Yes, every November and December, there are 14,700, that's quite precise, isn't it, visits to A&E from decorating-related accidents. So please be very careful where you're stuffing your holly and your ivy. Home Alone is the highest-grossing Christmas movie of all time. And Jingle Bells was the first song ever played in space back in 1965. If you want a business to buy shares in, you might want to think about Lego because they sell around 28 sets every second during the Christmas season. It took Mariah Carey only 15 minutes to write All I Want For Christmas Is You. And Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol in just six weeks. It takes me somewhere between those two to write one decent joke. Well, let's be honest, it's more like the Charles Dickens six weeks. Hanging stockings started by accident. Legend has it that we hang stockings by the chimney with care thanks to a poor man who didn't have enough money for his daughter's dowries. Generous old St Nick dropped a bag of gold coins down their chimney one night after the girls had hung their stockings to dry. That's where the gold ended up and that's how the tradition started. What a load of patriarchal old bollocks. Now, a couple of crappy Christmas gags from me before we get into the guest gags. Here goes, strap in. How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Nothing, it was on the house. Who's Santa Claus's favourite pop star? Beyond Slay. See what I did there? Beyond Slay. Yeah, all right. And last but not least from me, Jeff the dog, who didn't even exist last Christmas and who is very excited about this first one, has asked me to pass on his favourite Christmas joke, which is, what's the name of Father Christmas's dog? Santa Paws. So, in this episode, we will hear knock-knock jokes, silly jokes, I mean, it is a Christmas cracker, one-liners, and situation comedy, which is jokes that have a setup, a story, and a punchline, and many jokes by incredible comedy legends. But let's kick off by acknowledging just how much people hate the what's your favourite joke 
Namaste, motherfuckers, question. It's a question I hate being yes, asked. Yes, of course, well, because, we all hate it. Because when you sit down and try and think of your favourite jokes, suddenly I can't think of any jokes yeah, that anyone's yeah. ever done, yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, and I know that the minute we finish recording, I'll go... Oh, it's obviously should have been that that you yeah. said. So um, I'm really sorry to say this to a comedian, but I'm terrible at remembering any sort of jokes. I'm not good at remembering jokes. Everybody says that, by the way, especially comedians. So you'll be pleased to know nobody's good at remembering jokes, let alone good, us who okay. do it for a living. Yeah. God, do you know? Oh, that is so hard to actually sum up. But uh, another thing I struggle with because I. I... I, my memory's terrible. I forget All that, comedians I heard... struggle with this, which is a bit of a worry. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Um, no. <clears throat> I've got... Uh, I, I would... if, now, I couldn't work out if this is a joke that I tell or somebody else tells. Whatever your favourite joke is. Well, it's interesting listening to your other podcasts. Even the comedians. Everyone hates to it, don't they? <laughs> well, sorry, motherfuckers, but I like it. So it's staying. And now, the knock-knock joke. And it is literally the knock-knock joke because we only had one this year. And you can't go wrong with a knock-knock joke, can you? Or maybe you can, right, Verona Rose? Knock-knock. Who's there? 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 That's my favourite joke. Because I say knock knock, you say who's there, and I say knock knock. You're supposed to say knock knock who? Uh, oh but yeah. But no one ever gets that. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Is that what people keep doing? Oh, do you want to do it again with me saying? Okay. Yeah. Go on. Knock knock. Who's there? Knock knock. Knock knock who? Knock knock. Let me in. <laughs> I'm tempted to keep the first one in because people will be like, Kelly, are you a comedian or a fucking moron? Thanks for that, Verona. And now let's have some downright silly jokes, starting with Tom Reed Wilson. Oh, well, I mean, it's easy because it's the only one I can ever remember. Um, there are two muffins in the oven and one muffin turns to the other muffin and says, gosh, it's very hot in here, isn't it? And the other muffin says, oh, my God, it's a talking muffin. <laughs> <laughs> it just tickles me because it's so surreal. It's a really stupid, silly joke. I can't even remember where I heard it first. I love joke jokes, like sort of Tommy Cooper jokes. Um, and my favourite joke, I think it's because it's quite visual. It really appeals to my childish brain. This doesn't have to be my joke, is that right? It can yeah, be anybody's absolutely. joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man goes to a pet. It's an old-fashioned joke. Brace yourself. It's end of a peer <laughs> joke. Man, man goes to a pet shop and he went, um, I'm looking for a slightly unusual pet. And he said, uh, the pet shop's... Only went, well, I do have um, a talking caterpillar. And um, he went, oh, right. He said, where is it? Well, he's in his little house over here. So he stays in his little house over here. <laughs> he's a talking caterpillar. He went, oh, all right. He went, all right, I'll, 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 I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, in for a penny, in for a pound, I'll take this talking caterpillar. So he takes him home, pops him in his living room, leaves him for a day, obviously, to settle in, he's, you know. And uh, first morning, knocks on the caterpillar's door and says, um, uh, hello, um, I'm going for a walk. Do you want to join me? Absolutely nothing from the house, nothing at all. Not not a peep. Okay, I'll give it another go. So he knocks again on the door and goes, uh, uh, hello, Kesper, I'm going for a walk. Um, just wondered if you wanted to join me. 
Again, nothing from the house. It's like, I've been sold a dud, haven't I? There's nothing in there. This is ridiculous. I don't even believe there was a talking caterpillar in there. I'm such an idiot. He gives it one more go. He knocks on the door and he goes, um, I'm going for a walk. I just wondered if you wanted it. And from inside the house comes, I heard you the first time. I'm just putting my shoes on. <laughs> Such a silly joke. Well, now I str- struggle with this question because I don't, I, I, I have a favourite joke. I often think, oh, I like that joke. If anyone ever asks me my favourite joke, I'll use that joke. And then I promptly forget what it was. So I had to go to my source of jokes these days, which is my 10-year-old Isla, and say, at the moment, out of the jokes you keep telling me, what are the two that you think I liked the best? Can you remember? And she sort of stared at me and went, yeah, okay, you liked. And then, so I liked this one, uh, which was, there are two cats, okay? And um, uh, one of them is an English cat uh, called One Two Three, and the other one is a French cat called Under Toi. And they had a competition to swim the English Channel. Which cat won? Well, it's One Two Three because Under Toi cat sank. Yay! Come on. I Come on. my kids loved that joke too. Lovely That's language. Thank you, Isla. Yeah. That was John Holmes, who actually told me several jokes, the rest of which we couldn't use. Too rude as they were, even for a show called Namaste, Motherfuckers. And between John and Tom Reed Wilson, that was the brilliant Zoe Lyons. We had surprisingly few one-liners this year. In fact, we just had one one one-liner. So here's your lot with Helen Russell. I I said to my son, I I think I'm going to need a joke. And he said, I've got one. Um, Where do pencils come from? I said, I don't know. Where do pencils come from? He went, Pennsylvania. (laughs) So that is my offering. Thank you, Helen, who, like John Holmes, relied on the kids to come up with the goods. Now, I had a couple of musicians on this year, and every musician loves a dumb drummer joke, but only Colette Cooper was brave enough to tell one. Colette, what's your favourite joke? Oh, he'll have to be a drummer joke, (laughs) being a musician. Okay, so how do you know when a drummer's knocking at your door? Go on. Because the knock gets faster. (laughs) (laughs) These drummer jokes are all so simple. You know why, don't you, Kelly? So the rest of the band can understand them. Boom, boom. (laughs) See that in the comedy world is what we call a topper, Colette. You were the first non-comedian who's managed a joke and a topper. So you may well make it to the Christmas Cracker, our favourite jokes compilation twice now. that. That was Colette Cooper. So let's kick back now and enjoy some situation comedy. Not a sitcom, but jokes that tell a story. Up first is Jack Stein. It's a bit of a long one. So, if you've got time. I'll, shaggy I'll, dog I'll, story, I'll ahoy. It. It's, a, it's, a, it's a shaggy dog story. Right? So, there's a kid, he's called um, Jimmy, um, and he loves clowns. And, um, you know, his whole life he's loved clowns. He's got pictures of clowns on his walls and this, that and the other. And his mum comes into the room one day and says, oh, the circus is coming to town. He says, what? Oh, amazing. They go down to the circus. And he's there and all the usual circus stuff's happening and he's just waiting for the clowns and the animals come out, blah, blah, blah. Then the clowns come out and they're, you know, doing all their thing and they say, oh, we'd like a, somebody from the audience to come down. So he's like, me, me, me. So he comes, they, they pick him out. He comes down to the front. And they're like, right, we're going to bring out some animals. So he brings out, uh, the first animal was a lion. So oh, well, what's that? And Jimmy's like, it's a lion. Everyone, big round of applause. And then he brings out giraffe. And, what's that? That's a giraffe. He says, yeah, well done, big round of applause. And out comes a donkey, and uh, they say, oh, what's that? And Jimmy's like, that's an ass. 
And the clown goes, no, you are. And the whole crowd just bursts out laughing. And Jimmy walks back completely dejected. Spirals into kind of, you know, depression, doesn't go out, doesn't talk to anyone. His mum and dad can't figure out what to do. And and then, you know, as he gets a bit older, they say, look, you know, there's a little after, you know, after school class on kind of rhetoric and the art of kind of like, you know, you know, obviously you didn't have anything that you could sort of say back to this guy. So this clown, so, you know, maybe learn. So he goes in there and he excels at it. And they're like, you know, you're really, really good at this. You know, we recommend that you go to, you know, this special school that does all about rhetoric and it's, you know, about, you know, the art of kind of wordplay. Goes out, aces that, goes to university, ends up as a professor of, of you know, the art, you know, he's, he's written books about the art of coming back and heckling and all this kind of stuff. And one day he's in the faculty lounge, I told you it was a long one. Uh, <laughs> he's in the faculty lounge and one of his students comes in and says, um, so like, what, um, what's your, what's your motivation? He said, well, I tells him the story about the clown and the ass. And he said, well, look, you know, you're the world leading kind of expert on the art coming back. Why don't you find this fucker and, you know, nail him, you know, you know, we'll come with you, you know? Oh yeah, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, the kid comes back and says, look, look the, the clown, the same circus is coming back to town. Like perfect. He's all right. Fair enough. He goes in there. Usual sort of stuff, circus comes out, blah, blah, blah. Then the clowns come on. We want something from the audience. He's gone and put his hand up. No one else put the hand up. So this guy comes forward and he's like, it's the same fucking clown, you know? Comes forward and he's like, um, you're a bit older than normal, but you know, whatever. Brings out the lion. What's that? It's the lion. And the next time comes out, brings out, what's that? It's a giraffe. Brings out the donkey and said, what's that? He's an ass. And the clown says, no, you are. And he says, fuck you, clown. You know, they always say the longer the setup. (laughs) My favourite joke is, is it was in a Reader's Digest when I was a child and my mum used to keep Reader's Digest by the toilet. I remember everyone's mum did and auntie's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd flip to the back, all the boring bits, I'd flip to the back and find the jokes and there was a joke in there that was a man walks into a bar with a huge lizard on his shoulder and says to the barman, I'll have a pint for me and a pint for my mate tiny and the barman's like what what oh. and he pours the pints and he sets it down and he says look mate i've just got to ask though why have you called that enormous thing tiny and the bloke says because it's minute <laughs> and when you're a child and that's a joke written down it makes no yeah, sense yeah of course it wouldn't make sense because the minute yeah. minute yeah. if nobody said it out that so i would read that joke over and over keep and doing over another poo so you can sit and look at yep. that joke again what the hell is going on with this joke i don't understand it at all and and now i think about it all the time in terms of like what's going to work on twitter what's going to work out loud and just why was i so fascinated by that as a child so bob goes in a bar and he, he looks across and there's a block at the end of the bar and he's got an orange for an head and he thinks this is a bit weird says the barman he says hey excuse me he said don't ask me he said if you want to know ask him yourself so he goes over, he says, excuse me. And the bloke says, I know you're going to ask me. Buy me a drink and I'll tell you. So he buys him a drink. And he says, he says you want to know what happened with the orange from my head, don't you? And he goes, yeah. He said, well, he says, it's a classic genie story. He's walking on the street. I saw a lamp, picked it up, gave it a rub. Genie came out, gave me three wishes. He said, what do you wish for? He said, well, wish number one. He says, I wished, he said, for a beautiful wife. He said, and a gorgeous, loving, happy family. And he gets his phone out and he shows him some pictures. He said, that's my wife and that's my family. He said, what was your second wish? He said, I always wanted, he says, a beautiful villa in Ibiza. He said, I want one of them white villas overlooking the turquoise seas on the orange hillside. Show us pictures, and that's what I've got. 
boss is amazing. He said, what did you wish for the third wish? He said, I wish for an orange for a head. <laughs> well, my favourite jokes, it's more physical. It's a physical Perfect joke. Perfect for an audio medium. Yeah, thanks. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. But, uh, yeah, I thought about that. But um, uh, there's a joke. Um, so, oh, yeah. So there was a king and he had a servant called Weedle. And so, and so the king would say, oh, Weedle, um, fetch me my paper. So Weedle would run off and get him a paper. And then later on, Weedle, uh, he's like, uh, the king says, Weedle, go off and fetch my dinner. And so Weedle gets his dinner and he comes back. And then later on, the king says, Weedle, run me a bath. So, you know, Weedle runs him a bath. The king's in the bath. As he's sitting there, uh, the king farts in the bath. And then Weedle just suddenly leaves the room. Um, and he comes back with a hot water bottle. And the king says, what are you doing? He said, oh, he goes, I, th I thought you said um, uh, uh, hot water bottle, Weedle. <laughs> but it was the fart. <laughs> I haven't done that right, but that's that's one of my favourite jokes. Well, I mean, it's quite long, so I, I, can I give you the punchline to it rather than the joke, or do you want the joke? I can get well. I mean, if it, what, what do you think is going to serve the listeners well as a, as someone who understands the audio medium? It's a joke that 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 I tell every Christmas, and actually, the only reason I mention it is because it's probably the only joke that I can really remember. So you know, I'm not very good at. I mean, I could give you one of my jokes, though, couldn't I? I Are you still that. doing stand-up? I mean, not no. right now, but generally. No, I retired you to public demand in 2017. <laughs> I always say uh, that's not, you know, that's not that far from the truth. Um, my my actual favourite joke that's not mine is is the one where the punchline is, um, "You mean you're 38 and you still believe in Father Christmas?" Um, I think I could leave that there actually because it's it's a very tantalising. What people can do now is they can write to me or email me if they want the full joke and enclose four pounds Patreon <laughs> contribution. So fucking what a hustler! It's... Pretending you haven't got any executive function. Well, do you know what? One of the things I, one of the things I follow on on uh, on Instagram, probably one of the only things I follow on Instagram, is dad jokes. Um, so there's like, I just really like bad, bad jokes. So things, there's one I was going to say about books because I write my next book. So my next book is actually uh, going to be about the things I, I should have done with my life. It's going to be called uh, Autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're a dad. <laughs> Yes, I can use them. You That's have my favourite thing. Use them. Yeah, you have to. And even the ones we don't think are dad jokes are. So um, I hope you don't dad dance as well as like dad jokes. <laughs> Cracking dad joke there from Tom Chapman. And you also heard Jack Stein, Laura Lex, Justin Morehouse, Rich Wilson and Sean Keaveney, who only gave the punchline as a way of crowdfunding. Now, we had a couple of duos on the show this year and they don't fit easily into producer Mike's rigid pigeonholes. I mean, not many things do, to be fair. So here they are on their own, starting with the QI Elves. I actually right. asked the QI Elves WhatsApp group because it's very difficult. <laughs> it's a really difficult question. And they came I up with some it. truly terrible <laughs> suggestions for a group of professional comedy writers. <laughs> so I've recently discovered this person called Colin Crompton, who, please look him up on YouTube. He's so funny. I think he's my new favourite comedian. Uh, he was sort of around in the 70s, 80s, and he just has so many good jokes. So um, one... What's my favourite one? I won't be able to tell it, but just imagine it's being told I'm really well. I'm imagining it. 
Um, all right, so I was riding my motorbike the other day and I actually had my friend on the back. My friend Maggie was on the back uh, and I was poodling along down the roads and Maggie was wearing a baseball cap and she was complaining. She was saying that my cap keeps, the rim of it keeps jamming into your neck. And so I said, well, look, Maggie, why don't you turn it around backwards so the rim is pointing backwards and then it won't do that. And she did that and that's fine. And we went on and I, I went on driving along and then I looked behind me and I realized Maggie was gone. Uh, she'd fallen off, fallen off the bike. Uh, disaster so i thought this is a complete crisis she's come off the bike better go back and see if she's all right and so turn the bike round, and about a mile back up the road actually i saw that she was indeed there by the side of the road lying down the lay by and there were a bunch of police and paramedics around her and so i went up pulled up my bike and i said my god that's that's my friend she's on the back of my bike is she, is she okay and one of the paramedics turned to me and said um well, yeah, she was absolutely fine, but then we turned her head the right way around again, and she hasn't said anything since. <laughs> <laughs> oh and very well delivered, uh, Anna, I must say. <laughs> You've got to see Colin's version, really. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Alex? Your favourite? Jack, too? Jack, my, our colleague Jack reminded me of this really good one. How do you get a duck to sing soul music? Put it in the microwave until it's Bill Withers. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> God. <laughs> and between those two, it's been exactly the average of a favourite joke on Namaste Motherfuckers. I've already got one joke. Um, it's 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 quite juvenile. That's, um, that's, that's fine. It, as in, it's like the sort of joke a kids tell. Well, mine's a dad joke, so there we go. We got okay. Both, both I colors. suppose it is a bit daddy. Um, what do you call an exploding ape? Oh, I feel like I'm so close. Go on. A baboon. Yeah, my son's a primate keeper, Giles, so I'll be passing that on. Okay. Yeah, excellent. Should have, should have heard that one. Surely. If your son, if your thirteen-year-old's listening, he'll be like, "Oh Jesus, Dad, I hope they cut oh, that." That one is out. such a shit joke, <laughs> Dad. You're so cringe. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Giles, for yours. I'm apportioning your jokes with a name in case anyone got confused which of you was telling which <laughs> yeah, joke. That's Jim's joke. That's Jim's so, joke. <laughs> yeah, Jim, what a shit joke. No, so thank you, Giles. Jim, your joke. So I saw this on, um, there's quite a few TikTok accounts that are like dad jokes, this, people people telling yeah. each other dad jokes. So I saw this literally the other day and it was one guy uh, talking to another person. He said, um, what did the drummer call his twins? Oh. And a one and a two. <laughs> See, it was a, I'd like everyone to know as well that we got the hand, we got the drumming hand gesture yeah. with that. So yeah. amazing! Oh, nice. that tickled me. That's a very, oh. very much a dad joke. But so I, you, you guys, know. you're so mature in your content on blank and <laughs> so basic in your humour. Oh yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Giles Paley Phillips and Jim Daly from the Blank Podcast, and before them, we had the brilliant QILs Alex Bell and Anna Tachinsky. Namaste, motherfuckers. Now, speaking of hard-to-categorise jokes, Fred McCauley could only remember the last joke he wrote. My favourite joke is whatever the last one was that I wrote, OK? Is that, is that so wanky? Not at all, no. But it is, that is... And you know some people think, oh, I've thought up a new joke and it'll fit in at this point of my set that I'll save it till the end. No, if I've got a new gag, it comes straight out of the traps. Right. Um, my, I'll tell you what my absolutely newest joke is if you want yeah please um okay so i've got a wee bit that i do that involves mentioning prince andrew and uh so i followed that up and this is the new bit i said he's desperate to get back into into public life so he gets a consultancy along and he says look i've, I've got to get back out there and they say well um 
what, what are you thinking about? He said, I need a business card. He said, all right. Um, we're going to have to be honest, Gerald. Hang on. Yeah, I understand that. He said, but we've got to be positive as well. Um, what was it you used to do? He said, well, I was director of operations. He went, well, but you're not anymore. We'll, we'll start with that. Prince Andrew, ex-director of operations. No, hang on. That spells pedo. Um, all right. I've, I've got a better one then. Uh, naval officer, not currently employed. Lots of guests told jokes from other comedians, mostly legends of the comedy world. So here are a few, and I'll let them tell you who it is they're citing. So there's a guy called Rich Perry, who he uh, is a Brighton-based... He hasn't done stand-up for years, but he did. He got quite far. Like, I think he was in the final of Seething Funny and things like that, but then just went off and trained to be a podiatrist instead. So he does that now. Um, but he used to have this joke that... I don't know why, and it might just be that it needs to be him doing it, and it might work better, like the way he sort of acts it out as well. But he used to say, he used to have this bit of just about falling asleep on the bus, and he said, um, he said I fell asleep on the bus, and my head just kept nodding forward, and I kept hitting the dinghy thing with my head. He said, I didn't realise I was doing it. I just thought I was having a series of really good ideas, <laughs> which I just. That is a great gag. <laughs> Such a great gag. And the way he did it is so beautiful. And I often think of that joke. And then I go, oh, Rich, why don't you do stand-up anymore? You were, he had loads of great jokes. A comedian called Christian Talbot. Um, and it's it's just this. 25 years on, rhythm is a choreographer. Okay, so the one I always think of first is Simon Munnery's joke. Um, he was... He is... Uh, uh, was always my biggest inspiration. The way his mind worked. He was my brother's flatmate for a while in the, oh, lovely. Uh, in the 90s, early 90s. Oh, excellent. He was my wife's English teacher's best mate. There you go. <laughs> right. We've so all got a Simon roads, Munnery connection. All roads lead to Munnery. Um, <laughs> his joke, I was walking down the road the other day, looking at the sky, the trees, the flowers, and thinking to myself, the world is so beautiful. Why would anyone ever choose to take drugs? And then I remembered I was on drugs. <laughs> That, I just think that is, I, I, you can use that to explain how comedy works. Whoopi Goldberg, parrot joke number one, is my favourite. I will laugh at that joke every time. She's the all-time storyteller. And as people who want to be storytellers, that's somebody who I thrive to be like because she literally can tell a five-minute story, have you on a journey, and the punchline, when you look it on paper, probably looks like it won't be funny. But, it's but when the it's delivery, it's yeah. yeah, we'll put a oh. link to that. Yeah, parrot joke I, number one is the best. I, and isn't it? It's funny because the she's so kind of American as well, isn't she? Her humor and her thing, but just such a power hat. Everything about. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. is no one like Whoopi Goldberg, right? No. And she tells that story in the round, like yes. the power. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, being yeah. funny, and all they can see is the back of your head. Yeah. Is she who you want to be when you grow up? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Look at her life. Yeah. Actor, presenter. Oh, yeah. Host. She's literally, she is what you want. Yeah. yeah All yeah, of yeah. it. Well, it would have to be, not a lot of people won't know this guy, but Les Dawson, you know, partly because a Lancastrian and, and partly because my nan and my pop absolutely adored, adored the guy and my mum adored him as well. And, and partly because he was so clean, I think. Just as as you know, as 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 a as a comedian. So um Duck goes into a chemist shop. A tube of lipsol, please, he asks. Certainly that will be 50 pence, says the shopkeeper. Put it on my bill, please. 
That's excellent. You see, they don't write them like that anymore, Wayne. Mm. They don't. I loved Barry Cryer, as we all did. Mm. And Barry Cryer once told me a joke that if ever I'm asked, you know, sometimes there's a little warm up for microphone levels on panel shows and things, they say, what's your favourite joke? And, you know, I, I would never presume to have anything better than Barry Cryer could give. So uh, the joke was uh, a woman's walking a dog in a graveyard and she sees a man squatting down behind one of the gravestones uh, and she calls out, morning, and he says, no, just doing a shit. It's a sweet little joke. It's got a swear word in it, uh, you know, which is always good if you're doing a Radio 4 show and you use a swear word. Everyone goes, <laughs> Yeah, you're in then, aren't you? It's a Woody Allen joke. It's from Woody Allen. But it was, it was saying there was this great mythical beast and it had the head of a lion and the body of a lion, but not the same lion. It's a Sarah Silverman joke. Oh, lovely. Go on. Yeah, it's one where she goes, um, oh, God, I'm going to fucking ruin a joke. We can always put a link to it to rectify it. She goes, oh, we started off as, like, semen. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, I was a sperm swimming about my dad's ball sack. That's insane. I swam up my dad's penis and I shot out of my dad's penis hole. Oh, I just wish I was still that thin. I, I think <laughs> I think that's my favourite joke. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably be something by Maria Bamford. Um, I yeah, she's my um, my favourite. I gigged with her uh, a couple of months ago, and it was m- mad. Was I, that I, over I, here? Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. She um, yeah, she came over, and I hosted um. Uh, the show for um, Plosive, who are brilliant in um, yeah, Dulwich. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and um, I just, I just, I, it was the only time I've been like completely starstruck. And yeah. we were just sat in the green room, and uh, Felicity Ward and Nick Helm were there, and we were just all trying to act like really cool. But like, you could tell she is a genius, isn't she? He's a genius. Yeah. And then, I mean, every, and then she's like a bit awkward, and we're all awkward. So it was just like, but we were just so excited. And um, she has this joke. Um, I was trying to think of my favorite one. Um, but she's got one about. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm terrible at saying like jokes, like telling a joke. None of us can um, tell a joke. Why would like we? Why big... would we? <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> I can only say like things I've thought. Otherwise, it, it feels like so much pressure to say somebody else's <laughs> joke. You don't want to butcher it. But um, she, she says something like um. Uh, she's talking about men and uh, how um, you need to watch out for red flags. And then she says, but what do I do if I'm a red flag factory? And all I do is just make massive red flags all the time. Uh, she's, uh, she's brilliant. This may just be like a joke joke that's around, but uh, I heard Norm MacDonald tell it on a chat show. But it's um, so uh, you probably you probably heard it. But a, a, a doctor is uh, there's a. There's a Guy whose whose wife's in a is in a kind of coma and sort of brain dead, and uh, his husband goes to the doctor and goes, what, what 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 can we do? And the doctor goes, well, we've sorry, so we've tried absolutely everything. It just won't work, and you know I'm afraid we might have to. We're thinking about sort of turn the machine off. And the, the husband goes, is there is there really nothing that we could do? And the doctor goes, well, does I mean there is. This is one thing. It, it's not very orthodox. And it, it still may not work, but. Uh, and the husband's like, well, what is it? What is it? I'll, I'll do it. And the doctor says, well, you know, there's, there's a chance that she could wake up if you, uh, if you, if you give her oral sex. And the husband's like, oh, fuck. Uh, okay, well, 
you know, I know, I'll, I'll give it a go, whatever it takes. And so the doctor leaves, and then about 10 minutes later, the husband comes storming back out and goes, Doc, it's not working. She's choking. Um, that is uh, probably my favourite joke. I'm a big Norm MacDonald fan. And I go down rabbit holes with him, and I won't do this joke justice. This is such a dark ending. But he says, when people take their own life, people go, oh, can you believe he did that? How could he have done that? And he'll go, what? You don't understand? <laughs> have you never lived life? He's <laughs> like, like, what? Like, have you never experienced it? And it's just such a funny way of handling something so dark where he's like, you know. And so that, it just makes me laugh. Jerk Francis. What was that one he said? You know, I was watching this Frisbee come towards me the other day and as it got closer, it was getting bigger. And I was like, why is that? And then it hit me. You compare a lot like myself, Callie. And as a result, we get to hear a lot more comedy because we're there for the whole night. I reckon compares maybe listen to maybe five to ten times more comedy than other mm -hmm. comedians because other comedians turn up and then go. Uh, you know, they might listen, but they're, 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 the, they're, they're the exception rather than the cause. And... Um, uh, Nick Doody is a, is a good comic. He's he's not famous and probably never will pursue that fame level stuff. But he had a joke around the time of the Iraq War. Now we, I'm not going to bore your listeners, even though the comedy geeks, with the kind of the nature of like the 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 setup punch, the 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 rule of three, you know, toppers, you know, the the hidden punchline, the rest of it. But this joke has them all, and it was it's an observation joke. So it's, it was topical. So you have to remember it worked better at the time, but it just, it, and I, I can't remember word for word, Nick will be able to tell it better. So if you ever get him on, you know, definitely get him through this one. But it was about the fact that, you know, uh, the war in Iraq was happening and people were very uncomfortable with it. And he said, I think what you do is when you look at the war in Iraq, you have to very much think of it as like anal sex in as much as I don't think we've really been asked. Um, however you dress it up, it's an invasion and it's going to be painful unless we get the oil. <laughs> what a good job. That's got it all, hasn't it? Hasn't it? And, and, and it's, it was the rule of three. Yeah. It sort of built up. Each yeah. one of those got a laugh. And then yeah. the final laugh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely floored the room. I can't really quote it, but there's one that's on Chelsea Handler's new special, Evolution. On Which HBO I haven't watched yet, Max. but I'm going to put a link to it and I'm going to watch it. Please. And it's um, it's her talking about how she has no patience before she went to therapy. And when uh, she says, like, <laughs> all her friends, like, they'll order a burger. So it'll be like, oh, can I have um, the chicken burger? No bun, no mayo, da-da-da. And then the waiter will come and be like, who ordered the... And he'll come and he's got, got all his arms full, carrying all these plates... <laughs> And um, he'd be like, who ordered the chicken burger? No bun, no mayor. And she's like, my friend's just looking around like Stevie Wonder playing at a piano. <laughs> Kills it. And then she's like, you can't order the chicken burger with no bun, no mayo. And forget you ordered the chicken burger with no bun, no mayo. And it's all about patience. And it really made me laugh because I'm actually in therapy at the minute with my lack of patience. Um, so I like that one. And I know you love dear old Joan. Oh my God. She's yes. the reason you're here. Yes. I mean, and... she's not my mum. That makes it sound like she gave oh, birth no. to me. Oh, no. You're not Melissa. She gave, but no, and I never could be. She gave birth to me comedically. 
Yeah, but I always, I always love that one. Do you know when it's like, vaginas drop. One day you wake up and you're like, why am I wearing a bunny slipper? <laughs> I basically love American women. That's how you should have explained to Zoe Lyons on the first episode of your podcast why someone might need a vagina tighten. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. They, yeah. I really love the Bob Monkhouse one, you know, um, People, people laugh when I say that we wanted to be a comedian, but they're not laughing now. I think it's such a brilliant joke. Very good. And I think it's about comedy, which makes me laugh. And I think uh, Bob Monkhouse was so good. And people kind of forget that. People forget because he went into quizzes in later life. Uh, um, he did a, that documentary. I don't know if you saw that, if you've seen the documentary where a load of comedians went to watch him in his latter years. And, you know, you used to have comedians with terrible audiences and he absolutely smashed it. And you just thought, yeah, he had, he had the comedy chops. He always had the comedy mm. chops, chose to do different things, but he still had them. So I really like that. And I, and I tend to when I'm doing, say, panel shows, if I think of something when we do the show and it doesn't go in or whatever, I kind of will jot it down and go, that could go into a live show. Uh, and Colin Murphy said to me, God, you like Bob Monkhouse. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, look at this show you know because he used to annotate everything and he had all these mm -hmm. notebooks with all his jokes and all the rest so i kind of like his approach as well julian dean who is a, a comic that we both yeah. know i mean a lot of his jokes are you know Super. among my favorites i mean yeah. he's the most i think for my money he's the most quotable comic on the circuit yes. he's got some absolute belters but probably my favorite joke is um everyone laughed when i said i was going to be a stand-up comedian they're not laughing now has, has someone oh, said that before? Yeah. no they haven't I, oh. I i often say that at the end of my uh, my motivational speeches i i do attribute it to him uh when i talk about getting into stand-up late yeah yeah everybody's it's big. absolute yeah. belter it's yeah. just such a you know a lot of his were belters, weren't they? I know everyone took the piss when he lost his joke book, but you look at when you start doing comedy, you're like, God, anyone who can write a neat joke in, you know, the sort of one I mean, it's, it's yeah. absolutely it's super, it's superb, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Paul McCaffrey bigging up Bob Monkhouse, as did Neil Delamere before him. You also heard Angela Barnes, Deborah Francis-White, Stuart Goldsmith, Tanya Moore, Wayne Hemingway, Lucy Porter... Abigail Burgess, Josh Jones, Harriet Hemsley, Finn Taylor, both of whom quoted everyone's favourite, Norm MacDonald, Laura Smith, Foy Vance, Stephen Grant and Stephen Bailey. And now for our final joke, and it was a real gotcha from Nikki Beatty. And on a lighter note, Nikki, what's your favourite joke? Oh, my favourite joke is... Uh, but it's too visual, my favourite jokes. And my phone is blowing up. One second, Kelly. It's not like you're... Oh, my God. Hollywood actress stabbed. Reese. Reese. Reese with a spoon? No, with a knife. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> you. And you actually got me with that. You got me with that. <laughs> That was Nikki Beatty. So a huge and heartfelt 
thank you to all my guests this year and thank you for listening this isn't the last episode of the year however but you know it's nearly christmas so we're getting all nostalgic and reviewing everything that's happened like you do please do talking of reviews review and tell all your friends and neighbors and family even the ones you hate about the podcast and if you're brand new to namaste motherfuckers i really hope today's episode inspires you to go back and listen to the other episodes you haven't heard yet we have got quite the archive and if you didn't like it well listen to them anyway i mean what else are you gonna do between christmas and new year namaste motherfuckers was written and presented by me callie beaton and produced by mike hansen well seeing as everyone's quoting the legendary comedian i'll quote my all-time favorite george carlin and when i saw him in the 80s back in toronto he came out didn't say good evening didn't say hello he just went do you ever notice that people are most against abortion are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? And Karusha Dami. Did you hear about the magic tractor? It went down a road and turned into a field. For Pod People Productions. With music from Jake Yap. Booked and coordinated by Anna Potts. What do you call it when a snowman throws a tantrum? A meltdown. We will be back in your feed next Thursday, as usual, when we'll be sharing the best life advice from our guests in 2022, just in time to help you with your New Year's resolutions. Keep learning and stay curious. Until then, happy Christmas, motherfuckers. Namaste, mother.